Hello and welcome to the Father Daughter Book Club. I am the father, Chris. And I'm the daughter, Kalia. Thank you for joining our book club. The book that we'll be discussing today is... Counting by Sevens by Holly Goldberg Sloan. Uh, this book was released in 2013, so it's a fairly new book. It's a book about, let me read the summary here. Willow Chance, who is a 12-year-old genius obsessed with nature and diagnosing medical conditions, who finds it comforting to count by sevens. It has never been easy for her to connect with anyone other than her adoptive parents. But that, that hasn't kept her from leading a quietly happy life. Until now. Suddenly Willow's world is tragically changed when her parents both die in a car crash, leaving her alone in a baffling world. The triumph of this book is that it is not a tragedy. This extraordinarily odd but extraordinarily endearing girl manages to push through her grief, her journey to find a fascinatingly diverse and fully believable surrogate family is a joy and revelation to read. So with that, before we get started on discussing this book, we have to warn you. There will be spoilers. That's right. We'll be discussing roughly the first 10 chapters of this book. So if you haven't read the first 10 chapters of Counting by Sevens and you don't want to be spoiled by anything that isn't already in the synopsis, please pause this right now. Go finish reading and then come back and join us as we discuss the first 10 chapters of Counting by Seven. So again, spoiler alert. There very will be spoilers in the first 10 chapters. That's right. So uh, let's get started. Kalia, what were your first impressions of this book so far? Um, so one thing that I had a question about was why did Willow say, I'm what's called a person of color? All right. So let's rewind a little bit. That's a great question. And so the beginning of this book introduces us to Willow. Um, it sets up this situation where she's out hanging with friends and an adult. We don't quite know the relationship that, that she has with this adult. You know, they go home, they drop her off at home, but there's a, a police car in the driveway. And she learns that an accident happened. And she's shocked by this accident. And from the synopsis, we can tell that this accident is probably what caused both of her parents, her adoptive parents, to die. Willow is not happy with beginning the story this way. So she says, wait, let's jump back to two months ago. And she jumps back to two months ago. She starts the story by introducing herself and talking a bit about herself and who she is, where she's come from. She talks about how... Uh, her adoptive parents first came to pick her up and the day was the the seventh day of the seventh month and she said that's probably why she's so infatuated with the number seven, seven. yeah hence the the title of the book counting by sevens and she talks about how um, her adoptive parents are both white and they're lily white she's so white they're blue she says um and then that kind of leads to her Go, go ahead. Reference on page 12 in the book, it says they are so white, they are almost blue. They don't have circulation problems, they just don't have much pigment. And she's like comparing herself to her parents and like how they are so white and she is a person of color. All right, so go, let's go back to that Black. quote that you, that you said before. Which one? The question that you had. Um, why did Willow say, I'm what's called a person of color? So read that whole quote where she says that she's a... Uh, read the first uh, sentence before that and... 
If you could see me, you would say that I don't fit in into an easily identifiable ethnic category. I'm what's called a person of color, and my parents are not. They are two of the whitest white people in the world. No exaggeration. Right, and when she says person of color, and I think the reason why you ask this question is because she puts person of color in quotation marks. Yes. And it's a very good question. And the reason why I think she puts the person of color in quotation marks, there's a few different reasons. Um, number one is because saying person of color sometimes has negative connotations. Mm. Um, you know, people typically refer to um, either minor minorities or people of color. And so she says person of color and minority, uh, excuse in quotations because of that. I also think that um, she puts person of color in quotes here because she maybe doesn't identify entirely as a person of color because she has adoptive white parents. So her experience may not be that of another person of color. It's, you know, a person who's been raised by white parents. And so she she makes sure to say person of color maybe because she doesn't fully understand what the term person of color means. And so she puts it in quotes. Oh, okay. That clears it up a lot. Um, But there's another thing that I had that's in the more of the beginning of the book it said why did del duke not feel comfortable with the kid in his car alone with her so this happened late happens later on in the book right no it happened like when she's coming home to her parents house after they like had ice cream or frozen yogurt or something and they and they go to drop her off first yeah um well because in today's world, it can be very suspicious for an adult to be with, a, a, especially an adult male, to be with a young girl on his own and he's not related to that girl. Mm. Um, it can cause suspicion. Maybe he's taking advantage of her or maybe he's kidnapping her. Um, there could be a, no a number of reasons. And so Dell's just trying to avoid an awkward situation. So he makes sure to drop her off first. And then that way, when he'll, he'll be in the car with the other two kids. And it'll be three of them instead of just two of them. And the other two kids um, are brother and sister. Yeah. So it's, it's less awkward if he's in the car with two kids than just one little girl. Oh, uh, okay. And there's also something that happened about Del Duke. All right, so before we talk about Dell some more, okay. um, I want to ask you what you think about Willow so far. Because she's the, she's the, the, main, the character. main character. She's the protagonist. We're hearing this story primarily from her head and her yeah. voice. So what do you think of her so far? Well, I think that Willow is very, like, an intelligent person, but she's a little socially awkward. <laughs> That's a very good way to put it. Socially awkward. Um, and it seems like she's shy and she kind of like seems to stay by herself and thinks about cellular patterns in her head, which is in the book. And she doesn't really like to talk to people and she doesn't really have that many friends. So what we've learned about Willow so far is that, as you mentioned, she's socially awkward she can definitely be very introverted. What does that mean? Introverted means that 
she prefers oh, to have yeah she prefers to have you know conversations in her head as opposed to engaging with other people. That's what I am like. I prefer to be by myself. Yeah, she prefers to be people. by herself. We also learn that she's very smart because some of the things that she's said so far about her experience, um, like you said, with cellular patterns, patterns. She's looking into that. Um, her hobbies are um, medical. What was it? Medical conditions and plants. Yeah, those are her two like favorite topics: medical conditions and plants. And what kid do you know is so into medical conditions? Like, who is so fascinated by right? that? I don't even know any other person who is not a doctor or a plant person, like who loves plants, who would be like that. And she is a 12 year old girl right and she's also very self-aware one of the first things that she says is i'm strange yeah uh let me see the book because that, that's a quote that i actually i should have written down but i didn't but it's a very a very telling quote about interesting who, quote. who willow think see how willow sees herself as a person she says i'm an only child i'm adopted and i'm different as in strange but I know it, and that takes the edge off, at least for me. And so she realizes that she's different from other kids, but she's okay with it because she's aware of her difference. She's aware that um, maybe she's not into the same things as other kids, and she, that's something she she recognizes immediately when she goes to middle school, right? The other mm -hmm. kids are more into either music or their their clothes, and she doesn't understand. Popular, I mean popular. She doesn't understand why why the other kids wear clothes that are either too tight or too big because. Yeah. You know, she's used to wearing clothes that serve a particular function. Whether she's out in her garden, we, like you said, she loves plants and she has this fantastic garden and she grows yeah. all sorts of things. And so we know that she's doesn't have the same interest as most kids. So she's a little bit different, and, but at least she knows it. And so I think that's really important, especially for, for kids going into middle school. Um, like me. Like you. That's right. You're in sixth grade, middle school. Um getting to be comfortable with who you are and learn a little bit more about yourself middle school is a very important time that's when you know kids are going through all sorts of changes and to have the self-confidence to to know who you are to not have feel like hey, you have to do everything to fit in you know one of the things that happens to willow she, um you remember what, you know what i'm yeah. gonna talk about yeah um so she was dressed in her gardening outfit on her first day of school and one of the girls walked up to her and said there's something wrong in the girl's bathroom it's gross and she thinks that she said that because she kind of looks like a janitor <laughs> sort of so yeah. she thinks that she's a person who's supposed to be cleaning it up and, she, and she's a very meticulous person willow before the first day of school, she had done all of this stuff to prepare for the first day of school. Yeah. She memorized the layout of the school so she knew where all of her classes were and where everything would, how much time it would take for her to get from class to class. Mm -hmm. um, she memorized the student handbook and she had this idea. She told her parents, hey, on the first day of school, I'm going to wear my gardening outfit, which she describes as, you know, a khaki shirt, khaki pants, um like a shirt underneath and then like overall and then a red hat yeah. right which is her favorite color red is her signature color and she thinks this is a great idea but her parents are a little bit unsure and that 
was actually one of my questions. Okay. Why did Willow's parents, like, disapprove of her first day of school outfit? I wasn't exactly sure why, because I would think that whatever your kid wanted to wear, you would appreciate that. And it kind of seemed like they didn't want her to wear that, and it kind of seemed like they wanted her to try and fit in, when really you kind of want to stand out in a crowd so that you're not like everyone else. That's what I think, at least. Yeah, I don't know if her parents necessarily disapproved. I know for myself, as a parent, um, you know, I'm a protective parent, and I don't want my kid to go through things that are unnecessary things that might be hard and so I think for them as parents they they understood that with her wearing a gardening outfit to school while Willow felt that this made a statement about who she is because mm -hmm. she loves plants and she loves gardening so this is an important statement to her yeah about her individuality something meaningful to yeah, her yeah something meaningful to her clothes that she randomly put on her parents would understand that the other kids would possibly make fun of her for it and they didn't want her to have to go through that ridicule and so one of the kind of the passive aggressive way that they did it was uh, after they learned of her her plan to wear the gardening outfit they they put a copy of teen vogue magazine on her bed and the cover of it was a girl with a teenaged uh, excuse me a teenage girl with hair the color of a bandana with the widest smile and the headline reads does your outfit say what you want it to and they're just trying to communicate to her that understand, you know, what you wear, people will judge you on. And are you sure you want people to judge you based on your gardening outfit? I think that's what they're trying to do. So it's not that they disapproved, but they maybe were trying to protect her a little bit. But just like, why would you want, because like, if it's something meaningful to her, I would want to wear it. If it was something meaningful to me, I would wear it. Even if kids would make fun of me for it, because if I want to wear it, I don't care what other people think. What if she doesn't care if other people make fun of her? I think that's great. I think that's great, Kalia, because it's important to, first of all, not care too much about what other people think. It's important to express yourself in a way that's true to yourself and to not feel bad about being an individual. And those are all good things to do, but it it can make middle school tougher by doing that. True. And if you're strong enough and you have enough confidence, then it's a great way to build confidence too. But it can also, you know, some kids have a hard time dealing with that. And so it's easier to just fit in without sticking out because then they don't have to constantly be judged, constantly be questioned, constantly be maybe poked fun at. Yeah. Um, but it's great. I'm, I'm glad that you, you don't have that issue, that you have enough confidence in yourself that you'll wear what you want to wear regardless of what other kids will think. Because um, she is, like, wise beyond, beyond her years. She's very mature, Willow. And so maybe that's, like, because she's so intelligent and she has different interests. Maybe you think that's why... Her parents, because she's so different from other kids that she doesn't want, her parents don't want her to make, be fun of. And is that why? Because, like, she's smarter and people might, like, pick on her for being intelligent. 
I don't know if they're worried about people picking on her for being intelligent. At least they haven't expressed that yet. But wearing a gardening outfit is definitely different. And so right away, she could be ostracized. Do you know what that word means? Yeah, sort of. I think it uh, means like made fun of. It's like singled out and separated from the rest. But that's kind of who she is. She stays to herself and she doesn't really communicate with other kids. Right. And so they were definitely worried for her and that's why they, like you said, maybe they disapproved a little bit of her choice. But she went ahead and did it and she recognized right away that, hey, uh, people might mistake me for a janitor because <laughs> the janitor is wearing something similar. Um, and so, but they never really talked about what she decided to wear on subsequent days of school. But no. clearly she decided not to wear her gardening outfit anymore. Yeah. I was wondering, does... Willow have any other interests than, like you said, metal conditions and plants? I mean, like, it's not a bad thing that those are her interests, but does she have any other interests other than that? You know, we've only read the first ten, ten chapters thus far, and maybe later on in the book she does express other interests. Um, but at this point, that's what we know about her. And we know that she's extremely intelligent um, we know that she likes to read, right? Yeah. She's read a ton of stuff already. Yeah. And we know that she has an ability to process information a little bit differently than other people, um, more, more advanced than her age would suggest. So How I don't know. Did, and also more stuff about Willow. More stuff about Willow. Okay. Yeah. Let's, Cause she's an inter such an interesting girl. Let's talk about she's her. She's a very interesting character. Um, it's, Interesting that Holly Goldberg Sloan decided to um, portray the main character in her book as she is because I would, like, if I wrote a book, I probably wouldn't write about a girl who likes plants and medical conditions. Yeah. Like, it's very interesting, but... Well, I think it's great, like you said, that she, Holly decided to make this person her protagonist because it's so rare in books that are targeted to, you know, middle school-aged kids, particularly middle school-aged girls, My. to find a book that has such a unique character at the center point. Yeah. Typically, it's, you know... The, well, popular girls. Pop, yeah, they're very... The normal kid. This kid Naive. is not normal. And so to hear this story from the, the perspective of a kid who considers herself strange, where she's, she already knows, she says she's strange, I think that's very important. It's, it's something that I, it's, it's why I'm glad we chose to read this book because it gives us a dip, different perspective into the mind of a, of a preteen, which is good. Um, there are many things, but, um, why does she love the color red? And it also says in the beginning of the book that she was speaking to in Vietnamese to, Two of her, one of her friends. When did she learn how to speak Vietnamese? Are you asking me to test me or are you... No, I don't you, remember. You don't know? Well, um, we haven't learned that yet. We haven't? Uh, and through oh. the first 10 chapters oh, yeah. of the book. Yeah. So right within the first 10 chapters, we get introduced to Willow. And we also learn about um, Dale Dukes, who winds up be being her counselor. And you, you had asked about Dell before. Yeah. So let's start talking a little bit about Dell. Oh, let me rewind that a little bit. 
So after the first day of school, um, I think sometime during the first week of school, yeah. uh, Willow gets a little bit of a surprise because one day her teacher says, okay, we're going to take a test. And up until this point, Willow had been pretty bored in class because she everything that the teacher knew. was talking about, she knew already. And so the teacher says, let's take a test. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. So she kind of perks up and we learn that she's going to do some standardized testing. And, you know, Willow makes it a very uh, important note to say that she, she completed the test in 17 minutes. minutes and 47 seconds. Again, that number seven again. So she she made Odd sure number. To, <laughs> right? she made sure to finish the test in, in a time that would end with the number seven. And she turns in the test and everyone else is kind of like, whoa, how did she finish it already? Um, the next day, she is accused of cheating. She's accused of cheating. She So before she gets accused of cheating, though, this is, I think, another important um, moment for Willow in the book. When the teacher says, Willow Chance, you need to, you, you've been called to the principal's office. And everyone's like, oh. She did something bad. Right. And so she gets up and walks to the door. But before she leaves, she turns around and says, so this is actually before she even says that, she says, I found my voice and said, the human corpse flower has blossomed. And she says, I don't think anybody understood that. And then she turns around and walks out. So the, the human corpse flower... I don't flower, even understand what that means. Yeah, this book has so many metaphors in it. Um, the human corpse flower, she talks uh, about what a human corpse flower is. And it's this flower that... Or I'm sorry, it's not called a human corpse flower. It's called a corpse flower. And it's this flower that when you, when you peel it back and open it up, it, it has this stench and it smells bad like a corpse. And... Most likely that stench is to fend off any any predators, right? To try and keep people away. Other flowers, they smell good. They try and bring in the bees and the, the other uh, bugs so that they can get pollinated. But this particular flower doesn't have that. And of course, because she loves plants so much, she knows about this particular flower. And so when she turns around and says, the human corpse flower blo has blossomed, um... You know, during this whole time throughout school, she's kind of been in the corner, in the back, keeping to herself, keeping quiet. Nobody's noticed her. And suddenly she's getting noticed. And it's like, you know, the layers have opened it. But And she says, well, she hopes that people don't receive her the way that the human corpse flower is received, where it's, you know, people want to get away from it because it smells so bad. Um, but this is an important moment for her. She's actually finally getting noticed in school. And but like you said, she goes to the principal's office and the principal accuses her of cheating. Um, she did not. For one, she did not. <laughs> uh, she didn't cheat. The first the first thing she says is that uh, I didn't cheat. And the principal doesn't believe her and and um, says that, you know, you're the only person in the state to get a perfect score. And Willow's surprised. She's like, really? You know, she doesn't think much of it. And. But then the, the principal grills her for the next 40 minutes or whatever. And, About what? Uh, nothing in particular. Just trying to find more proof that she Willow did. cheated. Yeah. 
Before we get into the fallout of what happens when Willow is accused of cheating, I just wanted to remind you that you can subscribe to the Father Daughter Book Club by going to iTunes or going to Google Play or going to even Pocket Cast or whatever favorite podcast reader that you have. Check us out at http fatherdaughterbookclub.com. All right, now back to the discussion. Of course, she doesn't find any, but the principal is still unconvinced that Willow could have gotten a perfect score without cheating. And so, In 17 minutes and 47 seconds. Yeah, however fast. And so what? her punishment is to go see the, Del Duke. the counselor, Del Duke. So she has to go to the counselor. And so what was your question about Del now? Now that we we get to Del well, and we learn a little bit about Del. This isn't a question, but mm-hmm. it's just something about Del. Del Duke organized his appointments by this, like, assessment or, like, right, evaluation so we, of Right, him. so we learn about Del and how he came to be a counselor. Yeah. We learn that his predecessor was very organized and had this system of, of categorizing kids based on... Uh, their activity, their patience, and a few other things. And Dell's like, oh, man, that's going to take too much work. I don't want to do the work that it would take to maintain the system that the previous counselor had. So So he comes up with his own system. And he categorizes them into one of these sections, the oddballs, the lone wolves, the misfits, and the strange. And so what does he call this system? Do you remember? The Del Duke system of tra- strange, I believe. It's on 43 to 44. All right, let's take a look at it. Right, the four groups of the strange, or as the acronym, FGS. Or there is also the weirdos. I forgot to include that, the weirdos. All right, so the four groups of the strange were, number one, the misfits. Number two, the oddballs. Number three, the lone wolves. And number four, the weirdos. Mm-hmm. And he says the misfits are yellow, the oddballs are purple, the lone wolves are green, and the weirdos were red. And this system allowed him to really coast through his job as a counselor. When he meets a kid, he quickly identifies whether they're a misfit or an oddball or a weirdo. And he has these very generic descriptions of what these things are. And, and he knows that if a kid is a a lone wolf then he doesn't really have to talk to them and so he has all these things so that way when a kid walks in he can pull up their file oh this person's a lone wolf and then it allows him to um you know write a very generic report about the kid and kind of just go on about his merry way but something that happens when he meets willow he can't exactly fit her into a category right he meets willow and Which makes his life harder. He realizes that Willow is different. She doesn't belong in one of these categories. And it's going to upset his entire system, right? And he has to actually create a new category. Do you remember what the category was? Um, I don't know what. I forgot. I'm sorry. I just don't remember. Let me read this out. He says... In truth, Dale knew that the 12-year-old with the large eyes, who had told him to have his blood pressure checked just before she left, was anything but normal. Mm. 
-hmm. And for the first time in his professional career, he was not just motivated. He was almost inspired. The counselor had to add a new group to his system. He had to access the color wheel on his computer and feverishly attempt to create something that would look metallic. Something that would stand out like oozing gold ink. Because Dale Duke believed he had discovered a new category of the strange. Genius. That's what it was. I knew it. Genius. I I said intelligent, but it was genius. All right, so what other um, thoughts? I knew you had a lot of questions and topics that you wanted to talk about uh, about this book. We've kind of covered a lot of the important um, events that happened so far in the first 10 chapters. So what other um, questions did you have? Well, this happened when she met Mai, I believe, and how she stood up for Willow. Um, Also, all right, so we did forget to bring up another important event. Um, and her brother. In the first 10 course. chapters. So after we're introduced to Willow and we're introduced to Dale Duke, the next people we're introduced to in a more intimate manner is... Mai. Mai and her brother Kwong Ho. Kwong Ha. Kwong Ha, excuse <laughs> me. And these are the four people that were in the car at the beginning of the book. And now we're getting a chance to learn more about each of these characters. And Mai and Kwong Ha are brother and sister they go to the high school yes they're older than willow but because dale duke is a counselor for the the district he sees mm-hmm. kids from all of the schools mm-hmm. and yeah. mai is 14 years old and, and kong ha is a year older kong ha is a year older so he's and 15. the reason why they're they so willow encounters them at dale duke's office because she goes for another appointment um, she gets there a little early, and she realizes, hey, Mr. Duke isn't in the office. There are two other people there. And those people are Mai and Kwang Ha. Mai is apologetic. She says, I'm sorry, you know, but we'll leave as soon as Kwang Ha is finished with his assignment. And we learn about why they have to go to see Mr. Duke. It's because Kwang Ha tends to be a bit of a problem child. And Mai, even though she's... Is- his caretaker pretty much even though she's the little sister she's the responsible one so she goes with him to the appointments and she's kind of just there she's not really in trouble or has need to see the counselor but she's there for kwang ha um this is about Dell. why did Dell duke bring his cat for willow again this is another metaphor so after uh willow meets Mai and Kwang Ha and then Dale for some inexplicable reason had left them as opposed to staying for the entire appointment had left them in his office alone he kind of bursts back in and says hey you guys should have left already your appointment's over and Mai stood up for him and he's he's very upset you can tell Dale one of the things we've learned like he's inspired by Willow this is a person that he he wants to get to know like he's actually interested in a student uh so now he just want kwang ha and mai yeah. to just leave so, so that he can be with willow he he wants to learn more about her it's such an she's such an interesting subject to him and so he's he's trying to get them to leave and mai says hey man you can't talk to us this way because Dell was getting extremely upset and so mai stands up and says you can't talk to us this way 
uh, you shouldn't have left in the first place and then you're late for your next appointment and that's wrong and so she stands up for Kwong Ha she stands up for Willow and then she says you probably shouldn't even supposed to bring an animal onto campus and so she stands up for the cat and so she's standing up for everybody and Willow is awed by this because she's never seen anybody particularly another child stand up to an adult like this before and so that's her impression of that's Mai. Willow's impression of Mai she's and, a very strong and bold and caring person that's right that's right and so we find out why shortly after this uh, outburst from Mai we found that we find out why Dell left and Dell had left to go home and get his his cat. cat. So we're introduced to the cat. And the cat, let me find the passage. The cat's name is Cheddar. Yes. And he's, that was his surprise right, for so Willow. He, he, he brought the cat for Willow to introduce Willow to his cat, Cheddar. And again, the this book leaves. is ripe with metaphors. First, we had the plants were actually kind of a metaphor the human corpse flower that you mentioned was a metaphor and now the cat is another metaphor willow said that her her dad is allergic to, to pet hair so she didn't have a dog she never had a cat um and so Dell brought the, his cat in hopefully uh probably to to get willow to like him right but the cat Please. willow says i knew that cats behaved in this casual way because they weren't needy. They didn't run and greet a person and slobber with joy. They didn't look for validation or recognition. They didn't fetch or cower or make big, big-eyed big faces that say, love me, please. Their failure, their failure to care wasn't just appealing, but seductive, because cats made you try. And I think that's the reason why Dale brings the cat. Because Willow is a person who... Stays to herself. As an adult, if you want to have a relationship with Willow, you have to try. But when you do try, you'll find that she's a very bright and intelligent and, you know, engaging person. But you have to try. And that's so I think the reason why Dell brought the cat is because he thinks that Willow is a lot like cats. Oh, now that makes a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> good questions. Good questions. I have like a lot. Keep them coming. Um, this is something about Kuang Ha, actually. So, Kuang Ha seems to love art because he had left Kuang Ha to sit and just color this coloring book. He loved to color. And then, there's another thing that we forgot to mention is that the cat, um, Cheddar, ran away. And right. so, they don't have any pictures of cats, which... Um, Del doesn't have any pictures of Cheddar, which, um, Willow thought was very interesting because she had read that cats, or that animals, like pets, like, taking pictures of their pets for humans was found greatest joy with having a pet. And she was surprised, and then Kwong Ha drew this amazing life-size sketch of cheddar and colored it pencil sketch and that's what they used for the picture for the flyers and i was wondering like kwong ha seems 
like an artist slash a troublemaker. But why did he enjoy art so much? Well, I'm sure we'll learn more about Kuang Ha the more we read the book. But one of the things that I'm, I feel that Kuang Ha is... Layers. He's like an onion. Well, most, reference. most people are like onions. And you have to peel them back. But I think the reason why Kuang Ha has behavioral problems is because he he's not interested by the subjects in school. And so maybe he acts out. Or maybe he has a hard time doing assignments because they're just not interesting to him. But we find that he has this talent. He's a very gifted so now, artist. So now he has to, so now also Della has to reclassify him. Yeah. In his because people in general, you have to find what interests them. And by giving the, the thing that Dell gave Kwong Ha so that he could leave the office and go pick up his cat was this coloring book and Kwong Ha gets immersed in this coloring book and he you could tell he loves this book when Dell comes back Kwong Ha refuses to stop coloring in the book because he's just so engrossed in it so this is this is what Kwong Ha loves he's an artist he's probably somewhere along the lines of socially awkward much like Willow is so I think as we read more in the book, we're going to find a lot of parallels between Kwong Ha and Willow. While um, Willow is probably a genius in terms of... Intelligence-wise. Well, I think Kwong Ha is an artistic genius. There are many different types of geniuses. And so I think there's going to be a so, lot of parallels between these two as the book continues. Prediction. Prediction, okay. I think that... Um, Del Duke is going to reclassify him into Willow's category. Genius. Genius. That's right. I think so, too. what you said, I think I think so. He's, he's finding that. And I think another thing that will happen, especially if Del continues to work with kids, because he's very fairly new to this counseling job. He's only yeah. been in it um, since the beginning of the school year. Or maybe like he's done only one school year or something like that. So he's still new to it. Um, but he's going to find that his categories are very insufficient. I think. I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to realize that you can't just put kids in boxes and say, oh, put these very specific labels on them. He's going to have to work harder to learn more about the kid and figure out um, what the kid needs. Based on what Willow, like now yeah, that he has met Willow, now he's like more intrigued. Yeah, Willow is challenging him. It's going to open up his mind. And then Kwang Ha, uh, mm -hmm. as a result of learning from Willow, he's going to approach Kwang Ha differently and hopefully approach other kids differently too because not all kids can, can just be called an oddball or a lone wolf. And then that's it, you know. The, you know, they're, really kids are deeper like than kids. <laughs> yeah, kids are deeper than that. And Am I complex? Oh, you're very complex. <laughs> yeah, you have so many, like you said, layers and layers and layers. Onion. I'm an onion. Yes. If you don't know that reference, it's from Shrek. It's from Shrek. <laughs> yes. yes. It is. All right, so I think that's going to conclude our discussion for the day. We've talked about the first 10 chapters. Many things. It took a long time. But yeah. It's, the, the, it's just, a good thing to address. It's the first 10 chapters of Counting by Sevens by Holly Goldberg Sloan. Slow. 
and next time we'll have who knows it'll be probably be more than just the next 10 chapters but uh, we'll there see are many chapters in this yeah we'll see how far along we get next time and then we'll talk about what we've learned about willow um, what happens to her as a result of um, Dale Duke's interest in her we'll see one thing that we didn't talk about is that she lied to her parents she didn't tell her parents about being uh, accused of cheating and then having to go see the counselor so maybe we'll learn a little bit more about what happens at home with her parents there and um, we'll talk about it and continue to ask and answer questions it's been uh, uh, it's been a good discussion so far this is a really engaging book yes um, <laughs> So we'll continue that next time on the Father Daughter Book Club. Doom, 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 doom,